2024 is shaping up to be another exciting year for streaming TV. We share our top predictions focusing on SVOD, CTV, TVOS, sports, fasts, AI, cord cutting and more. Listen now. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and I'm with Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media. Hi, Colin. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Thank you. Same to you and same to everybody that's listening in on the podcast. Uh, We had a tremendously busy year last year, and we are going to be looking at what we think is going to happen this year, I think if people were listening to our top 10 stories of the year, well, they may not be surprised by at least some of these, but hopefully we've got a couple of surprises up our sleeves during uh, during this podcast. Yes, indeed. And I believe you are going to kick us off with the first prediction for 2024. Yeah. And Boy, I think one of the things that we saw really take off towards the end of last year, but actually throughout last year, was bundling. And I don't think we are going to slow down at all with bundles in 2024. I think it's going to be a big trend. It's a great way to tame churn and retain your customers longer, uh, leveraging even competitors. So we've seen some pretty interesting competitor bundles in the last year with folks like Netflix and Paramount Plus. And I think we will see a lot more of those type of bundles. We'll also see bundles with wireless providers. In fact, I think I got notification today from my wireless provider, who happens to be T-Mobile, that they have a special deal on, was it Max or Paramount Plus or one one of the other major SVODs, Will. So I think that's going to be also a big trend. And I think uh, that's pretty useful to consumers. It's a great way of keeping them subscribed to a wireless plan and using an SVOD service. So I really think bundles is going to be a big theme for 2024. So I'm excited to see what people can, what creative bundles people can come up with. Yeah, I agree. And kind of staying with the um, predictions around SVOD, I think that churn continues to be an issue and needs to be addressed. The uh, Wall Street Journal had a good article based on antenna data just earlier this week and found that for the big SVOD players, uh, churn in November was over 6%. So, you know, you annualize that and you're talking about really almost three quarters of, and of course it varies by uh, by SVOD service, but um you know, overall, three almost three quarters of uh, subscribers would be churning out over the course of a year. And the article had quotes from a number of different uh, subscribers talking about the reasons why they're doing it. Just too many services trying to um, consolidate budgets, uh, trying to streamline what they're, you know, what's coming into their houses, the strike interrupting the flow of new content all the different reasons uh, contributing to SVOD churn. And as we know, Colin, from the past year and even going back a little bit further, uh, profitability for these services is their number one priority. And 
I think that is uh, right in line with what you're uh, what you mentioned about bundling, which makes the services uh, helps create helps reduce churn, um, helps drive more revenue, and also I think on that same topic is. The idea of more content licensing going on among SVOD services. And I think you said you just saw an instance of this that rankled you a bit. I did. And I was intensely annoyed to see that Paramount Plus has now pulled all of the Star Trek movies from the service. And now if you want to watch them, you've got to have a Mac subscription. Now, I do not have a Mac subscription and I will not get a Mac subscription to watch the movies. But as a Star Trek fan, I have been thinking of Paramount Plus as my home for Star Trek. So when I want my Star Trek fix, that's where I go. But I guess I don't get to make that assumption anymore. And uh, I really think this is annoying. I don't know why they gave an exclusive license over to Max. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't have left them on P Plus and, and allowed me to watch them since it won't <laughs> won't help me go over there and probably won't get many uh, real hard Star Trek fans going over to Max that haven't already gone. So I, I just makes me crazy when the, when they do this, Will. Yeah, you and others. But I think that's a sign of the times that, again, the push for profitability will lead to all different types of deals being made. I think so too. And, you know, I just want to mention one other thing on the, on the bundling topic, Will. And I really think that we're going to see, I don't know how many opportunities there are to do this, but one of the bundles that caught my eye last year was Paramount Plus and Walmart. Paramount Plus, uh, the ad supported tier is now free to Walmart, Walmart uh, Plus subscribers. And uh, I think Peacock is also doing Instacart. Well, I, I think this I think this is a very strong trend, particularly for those that have AVOD tiers. They really lose, lose very little by doing this, I think, and they potentially will get a lot of extra views for those ads. So I think we'll see quite a few more of those types of bundles this year uh, with aligned services and where the SVOD service gives access to the free tier of their service with ads. And and also I note this morning that Charter already has Disney Plus's ad tier available to its subscribers for free to the uh, to their relevant tiers that get access to that. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a big trend as well this year. But anyway, perhaps that's enough on SVOD. Uh, why don't you move us on to our next topic? Yeah, I'm moving from SVOD to uh, advertising and just a prediction that I don't think will be very controversial, but that connected TV ads will continue to grow in 2024 at a brisk rate. Contributing to that are, just kind of picking up on the last topic, that the uh, SVOD services are putting more and more emphasis behind their ad-supported tiers, and that's going to drive more uh, ad-supported subscribers for those services. And in addition to that, there are a number of other things going on that I think make CTV ads a more valuable proposition. We have improved targeting happening all the time, focusing on attention. We have the explosion of uh, fast channels. Also in 2024 is going to be a big political year and a lot of spending is going to be coming into CTV uh, that we haven't seen in the past. Yet another thing is that interactive and shoppable ads are also going to get um, a big push in 2024. And 
Uh, we saw just one example of that with uh, what Amazon did on Black Friday with their um, NFL game and how they uh, included QR codes to uh, every single one of the ads. And I think we're going to see more of those type of QR codes, more interactivity and more of CTV being refashioned as a lower funnel and a mid funnel type of um, medium. So uh, as opposed to TV ads, which have always been about branding and reach, uh, I think CTV is going to provide the full funnel benefits to advertisers, and that's going to draw even more uh, dollars into the medium. So I don't think I've said anything too controversial on that one, Colin, but I don't think anybody disagrees that CTV ads are going to continue growing. But I think it's really, it is really noteworthy for the industry. Yeah, and I've got to tell you, Will, I think by the end of this year, Amazon is going to be a leader in the industry. End of this month, I, I guess it's probably 90 million U.S., something in, the, something in the range of 90 million U.S. Prime subscribers that have access to Prime Video will start seeing ads. That means that it will be the largest ad-supported streaming service in the U.S. in one fell swoop. And you couple that with the fact that Amazon has increased the number of ad opportunities in the Fire TV interface and the fact that, as you say, they're pioneering with interactive ads in things like Thursday Night Football and the fact that they can complete the cycle connecting an ad view directly with a, with a sale in the Amazon uh, Prime Store. I think they're just going to be a monster by the end of this year and they're probably going to start giving YouTube, which is the dominant ad-supported service on television these days, a good run for their money by the end of the year. Yeah, I, that's a great point, Colin. I should have mentioned that about Amazon's uh, introduction of ads into Prime Video. I'm I'm wondering what impact that's going to have on users, whether there's going to be any sort of backlash on that one. Because, again, I think the idea is you have to pay, th is it $3 more per month if you want to remain ad-free? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so I, it, it's going to be interesting to see whether there's any, any, um, any little kind of controversy that comes out of that with 90 million people all of a sudden having a, uh, a changed experience. Yeah, I'm guessing that it won't have a direct impact on Prime. The main reason people are in Prime is for the free shipping, of course. What I do think it will have a negative impact on is the amount of viewing that's taking place in Prime. And Prime is already, Prime, Prime Video is already challenged. The viewing, viewing numbers for Prime Video are much lower than comparable services like Netflix. So, you know, yes, they may they may get lots of ad views, but they will not get as many as they think because I think the viewing will decrease. But I, you know, we it'll be very difficult to determine this, will, because of course Amazon will give us virtually no details on how much money they're making from Prime Prime Video. But uh, anyway, maybe we can use some survey data that will give us some guidance guidance there by the end of the year. All right, we'll go on to the next prediction call. Yeah, and this is actually quite, this might be quite com controversial. I think that we are going to see another major TV OS launch in 2024. Now, the reason this is controversial is that to folks like Anthony Wood, who's the CEO of Roku, is has been forecasting that we're going to see a lot of consolidation in the TVOS business. And I don't, I wouldn't rule out the fact that we might see 
one or two, one bow out, or maybe one get bought by another. I think that's a distinct possibility. But I do think we'll see new launches. And the reason is very simple. According to my calculations, the TV market in the US is about 230 billion a year, Will. That's what, what I came up with for 2022. By my calculations, still about 65% of that is on traditional channels. So something like 150, $180 billion is still flowing through traditional channels like traditional pay TV. What we know for sure is over the next 10 years, most of that revenue is going to transition to route through the connected television. And if you are the TVOS on that television, there are just too many opportunities for you to monetize that opportunity. We talked. To, we just talked about Amazon, what they're doing with Fire TV. They're adding ad opportunities throughout the interface now and will generate a lot of money through that. They're also pushing their fast services. They launched one specifically for Prime members and uh, last year and they also have free v so there's plenty of opportunity for them to monetize there there's just too much opportunity i think for tvos providers to make money from ownership of the device so i am pretty sure that we're going to see at least one new tvos in 2024 and would you care to name that one uh, I would I would not care to name name that one, Will. But what I do think that they'll do is that they'll come in with a little bit of a different deal than we're seeing in the in the other providers in the space. It is quite expensive to launch on TVOSs these days. Uh, the TVOS providers want to take quite a big cut of revenue. And I think that means that there's an opportunity for somebody else to launch and take a much lower cut and still make a bunch of money, uh, but take a much lower cut in the process. And that will be attractive to content providers and uh, probably is healthy for the industry because it uh, leaves more po- more money in the pocket of the creators. And let's let's be honest, that's what we really want. We want those. Uh, we want the content. We don't want a TVOS. We just want the content. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's uh, we'll go on to the next. <clears throat> excuse me, next prediction, which is mine, um, and that is uh, something we've talked about so many times, and we're going to see a continued trend of this, which is the uh, sports continuing to migrate to online access. And um, there is one big deal that I am watching, and lots of other people are watching, which is the NBA's media rights deal, which is going to be negotiated throughout this year. And two of the uh, networks, ESPN and TNT, I think have both signaled that they are going to potentially reduce uh, the amount that they're going to spend or maybe just not grow it as aggressively as needed in order to, to maintain their position in terms of number of games they have rights to. That's going to create an opportunity uh, potentially for uh, one or more players to come in and I think the, uh, there's good reason to believe that we're going to see one of the big tech companies come in, whether that's uh, Apple or Google or Amazon or maybe even Netflix. I wouldn't rule Netflix out either to potentially get a, uh, a slice of NBA games starting in 25. So that's a prediction I, I'm, I would bet on one of those companies coming in. And, and that's going to be significant, I think, also because 
uh, as I've talked about before, I am I am um, skeptical about the uh, overall economics of the sports industry because of cord cutting. And the kind of main reason to be a little bit less skeptical is if big tech provides some type of a backstop. And uh, I think the NBA is going to be really kind of, uh, you know, kind of the classic canary in a coal mine on this um, topic, whether that if they step in in a big way as a backstop, I think that would be really, really positive for the sports um, ecosystem. And we'll wait and see if they do it. But I, I think there's decent money, uh, decent odds that they will. Yeah, yeah. I noted uh, this morning that the NCAA just signed a deal, just signed up again, re- re-upped with ESPN for uh, pr- the provision of a bunch of men's and women's sports uh, through ESPN in in the coming years. And I think I think it was like a a ten year deal for 115 million a year. I think is what they said. There was a big carve out. That's the NCAA March Madness which will not be covered by that deal and remain remain who it's with currently, which I think is TNT and Turner and CBS, I think it is. I can't, I can't remember who it's currently with. That will remain there. But uh, yeah, that's, I would imagine, bearing in mind that Disney has stated very clearly that it plans on launching ESPN online in the next year, that they that includes online streaming rights so i think we'll definitely see a lot of ncaa professional sports and there was one other announcement today that caught my eye will and that's that the tennis channel is launching a 24 7 or has launched rather a 24 7 pickleball channel which can be watched on popular uh, popular fast services, including Plex, which is which Plex launched today. It's already available on Fubo, Fubo and Freebie. And what will you what will you be able to watch? Well, you'll be able to watch professional pickleball association tour games, and it's twenty four seven ad supported streaming channel. That's actually a joint venture between the Professional Pickleball Association and the Tennis Channel. And the, the, apparently the, the plan is to eventually launch a standalone service to capture the really passionate fans. But uh, I don't know, Will, will you be t- tuning into the Pickleball TV channel? Yeah, I've been playing a fair amount of Pickleball myself, Colin. So I, I may watch a little bit of the Pickleball channel just to see um, what I should be doing that I am probably not doing. By watching the pros, it's always aspirational to watch the pros play a sport that you enjoy. So, yeah, good, good for them. Yeah, I love this. Well, I think it's, I think it's a great way. I think it, it really shows the flexibility that you have now with the streaming market. Um, now that we have fasts, you can do this. You can inch into the market with the channel, see how the popularity goes, and see if you can translate that into a subscription service for the really passionate fans. So I think it's a, a great move by them, and I expect to see other smaller sports jump in and take the same approach. Yep. Let's go on to the next one, Carl. The fast services continue to increase the amount of content that they have there have been some big announcements just this week so for example we saw free stream added that's uh, sling tv's free stream added seven channels and that they this is on top of 17 channels that they launched last year they now have goodness me 430 channels so 
we're seeing a big increase in the content available through these services. But I really do think we're going to see a slowing of the growth. And the reason is simple. There's really been spectacular growth in usage. I think uh, TiVo data showed the amount of time people were spending with free free, uh, streaming content on their televisions doubled in about nine month period. But interestingly, it it was only took a little bit of that time from SVOD. Uh, It took most of that time from traditional television viewing. So people were really starting to use the fast and the fast channels in a very similar way to they were to they've been using their traditional pay TV subscriptions. Uh, And I think because of the increasing penetration, the increasing number of people that are using it. I think that necessarily growth will slow because now you're getting the late adopters, not the early adopters. So that's thing one. And thing two is I think that people are beginning to find now a natural level of the balance between free content through fast services and the SVOD services. And I think the SVOD services, they're really going to be when people want focus viewing. That's where they're going to go. That's probably where they're going to go at prime time. And they're going to use the fasts in non-premium viewing slots more. And I think there's data that actually shows that that's already happening. So all of this means deeper penetration. People are beginning to find the balance that works for them with fasts and SVOD. That necessarily means, I think, that we'll see slower growth in the in these markets. That's not to say that we won't see strong growth. I think it still will continue to grow strongly in 2024, just not you know, doubling and tripling as we've seen in years before. Yeah, trees don't grow to the sky, in other words. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, we're down to our last couple, and I think we'll just cover these off and very briefly. But I'll take on the next one, which is um, I think we're going to be seeing a couple of real breakthroughs in the use of AI in video this year. We've seen, obviously, AI grow significantly in the past year, and there was a lot of concern about AI and the strikes, uh, for sure. I think we have not yet really seen in video the uh, the full impact of AI. And I think there are so many different potential applications that um, it's just a matter of creativity that's going to um, drive this. And I think we're in for a couple of big stories in 2024 that are going to raise people's eyebrows about what the real potential of AI and video is. And um, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I agree. You know, when I'm at conferences and I'm um, on show floors, Will, and I'm talking with companies, you don't have to scratch very hard beneath the surface to find all of the ways they're using AI. It is being applied across the board in the industry, whether it be fighting churn, making great recommendations, even handling contracts. It's really having applications pretty much throughout the business. I totally agree. We are going to continue to see that in 2024. I'm actually looking forward to it doing some really interesting things and some great things, I hope, enabling better voice search and and voice discovery because that uh, if we can move that more to conversational, I think that's all to the good. That's good for everybody that allows consumers to find more content and more content to be found. So I think that that'll be a really interesting um, application of the technology that could be beneficial to all. I agree. 
And my last prediction, well, um, I think we've all uh, we've already talked about the fact that traditional pay TV, that's cable, satellite and telco TV, has fallen well below the 50% mark in the US. We are at about 76 million homes. Uh, well, at the end of Q3, there were about 76 million homes with a traditional pay TV subscription or a virtual MVPD like YouTube TV or Sling TV. Um, and that puts the penetration at about 59%, which is down uh, 6% year over year. I think we'll probably finish at about 50, 57% for Q4 2023. I think by the end of this year, we'll be darn close to 50% of homes with any sort of large bundle of traditional TV channels will. I actually think we'll probably go below 50% in 2025. But I don't know if it's a really bad year, we could see things drop below 50% right at the end of the year. So I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens. But uh, we are definitely nearing the point where less than half of US homes have a large bundle of TV channels from a virtual MVPD or an MVPD. What a milestone that is, Colin. Isn't it just? That, isn't it? Isn't it really just? Something. It really is something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I remember forecasting this market back in, whew, back in 2008 or 2009, and I thought it might hit 50% as early as 2022 in my forecasts. So I don't know if it does it in 24, being two years out um, over a 10-year period forecast. That's not too bad, right? <laughs> not too shabby, Colin. That's not too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> and my last, I got one, one more prediction for you, Will. This is a really short one. Uh, listeners will remember, I think we discussed the tele service, which is people, get, you know, this company that's giving a free TV to people. Um, the TV has a second long screen that sits underneath the main screen. Um, they get this TV for free, but in order to get that TV for free, they have to agree to a whole bunch of things like it has to be the main TV. They can't tamper with it. They can't connect devices that aren't authorized to it. They have to give up a whole bunch of personal information. Well, I ran the numbers when Tele launched and I just didn't understand how on earth they were going to make money. I still don't get it, and I think investors will figure it out this year too, and I think Tally will probably fold sometime in 2024. All right, you heard it there first, listeners, and I guess on the same schedule as Quibi, Colin, or even faster or possibly uh, longer? I think they might have more runway than Quibi purely and simply because they've, they've had to invest uh, I think they or, or they they produced five hundred thousand TVs, or they're producing five hundred thousand TVs. So they must have had runway to do that. Yeah. Uh, the question is, will those TVs keep producing an audience that they can monetize, and will they produce enough revenue to cover the cost of the television? And my numbers say they will not. All right. Fair enough, Colin. I think we've left our <laughs> listeners with a lot to think about, including that last call on your part. So um, listeners, we'll be happy to get your feedback on what you think of our predictions. And Colin, we'll see how the year unfolds here. 
We will. And yeah, Will and I both post the podcast on our sites. If you're listening to this in your podcast manager, you can go to his site or videonews.com or my site and screenmedia.com. Post a comment. Let us know what do you think is going to happen in 2024. Do you think our forecasts are not worth the uh, airtime that you spent with them? Let us know what you think. Okay, thanks, Colin. Thanks, everyone, for listening in our first podcast, to our first podcast of 2024. Again, we wish all of you a happy and healthy new year, and we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of In Screen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.